Three, two, one. The Windsor Speakeasy. On October 4th, the Friends of 80 Knox put together a candidates meetings for the candidates of Wards 1 and 2. This will be the recording of the Ward 1 portion of that candidates meeting. Unfortunately, the incumbent, Fred Francis, had other engagements and could not show up. But here are the challenging candidate, Darcy Reno's answers to the questions that were asked to the candidates. Hope you enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Mackenzie Hall. I appreciate you taking time out of your evening to attend this candidates meeting for awards one and two. I'm Linda McKenzie, and I've organized this with Friends of 80 Knox. Um, tonight the format will be, because uh, Fred Francis from Ward 1 has sent his apologies and said he can't make it tonight, we're going to be handling Ward 1 first, if you don't mind. Um, so, And then we will handle Ward 2. I don't think we'll be very long. I think Darcy will probably stick around for a while. Um, one of the things that I do need to tell you is that we are live streaming this over Windsor Speakeasy on their Instagram. And they will be recording the entire session and we will be able to have hopefully snippets that we can paste online at a later date. Um, the format tonight will be that each candidate will have three minutes to express themselves, introduce themselves, and talk about their platform. Then we have uh, our moderator, Joe McParland, will be asking them some pre-scripted questions, and they will have two minutes to respond to those questions. This is a question and answer period. It's not a debate then we will be opening it up to all of you to answer, to ask any questions you'd like. And at that time, we'll take microphones down into each aisle so that you can come up to the microphone and, and, and talk. Okay, and with... Well, we did two minutes last time, but we found that by the time we got to it, nobody really went past a minute for the open questions. They knew the answers already, or it was... So we will do two minutes, see how it goes. What I'm hoping for is a lot of questions. Uh, down at the other end, we have our moderator, Joe McParland. So I will let him, and I'm, I'm going to come down. We did it alphabetically. So we've got Fabio Costante, the incumbent in Ward 2. We have Miriam Farage in, running in Ward 2. We have Sam Romano running in Ward 2. And we have Chris Soda running in Ward 2. And Darcy Renault running in Ward 1. So without further ado, I'll hand it over to Joe McParland. Well, good evening, everyone, and thank oh. you for turning out. Uh, this is good, and I suspect we're going to be um, getting a few more people. You usually get some stragglers. One of the things we're going to mention is that when our candidates are giving a response, Linda is going to be right up front here, and she's going to hold up a card that's green, or yellow, and it says 15 seconds, okay? So when you see the 15-second ye yellow card, that means wrap it up in 15. Once she turns to that red card, that means eh, we're done, okay? 
We're going to ask everyone to please respect that. Um, what's going to uh, highlight this uh, get-together, and this is candidates meeting their constituents, constituents meeting their candidates, respect and civility. This is all we ask, respect and civility. And so with that being said, um, Linda's giving you the rest of the ground rules, and we're going to be very happy now to turn to Ward 1. Um, as we indicated, the incumbent was unable to attend tonight, send his regrets. So that just leaves the the candidate, uh, Darcy Renault, and so we're going to let her take a three-minute opportunity to outline her. How many Ward 1 people here? There we go, good. So you're going to find out what Darcy's platform is, then we're going to maybe ask her a couple of questions and then open it up to the rest of you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Darcy Reno. I'm running for council in Ward 1. Um, I'm actually going to focus this three minutes. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, and then I'll try to fit in one of the questions I get asked at the door a lot, which is, why are you running? So um, currently, I work for public health, and I have for about the past 10 years. Um, I do program evaluation, quality improvement, and uh, program planning. So my job is to go in and make sure that we plan well and that our programs are evidence-based and that we're spending uh, tax dollars as wisely as we can be in the public health unit. Um, during the pandemic, my job was really wherever it was needed. So for about two years, they just put me anywhere that uh, they needed people like me. So I was training contact tracers. I was even contact tracing sometimes. I was liaising with schools and liaising with family physicians, um, just doing anything and everything that was needed because it was really all hands on deck at public health. Um, but before that, I worked for about 10 years for an MPP named Bruce Crozier. And um, he's one of the reasons that I am running today. So that's one of the questions I get at the door. Why are you running? And the reason is, honestly, I love politics. And I love actually public policy and making policy even more than I love that. It started as far back as I can remember. Um, I'd watch Question Period with my dad when I was a kid. And then I got a job working at Queen's Park when I went to the University of Toronto for Bruce. And I just remember walking in that building and thinking, wow, like what an honor it is to be in this building and to be doing good things for the community. If you knew him or knew of him, you'd know that he was known as like a true gentleman. He was pragmatic and hardworking compromised, was able to work with people on both sides of the aisle at, to just to get things done. Um, and he knew, you know, when to give in, to compromise, to get things done for his constituents. And then when he died, I tried to stay involved as much as I could. Um, but then in 2015, my husband died, so I kind of had to step away and take care of my family for a while. Um, but then I came back into politics. And you know, now I think I'm really ready to be involved again. And, and I'm concerned with the way politics is headed. Um, I'm not naive and I know how it works. I know I can't change everything myself or completely change the tone on city council. But that is what I'd like to try to do. Um, it's The politics we're seeing today is very divisive. And I don't think it's, it's not the politics Bruce taught me. Um, and it's not the politics the way I think it should be. Um, so that's that's why I'm running. I want to bring that to the council table, um, bring pragmatism, details about policies, really thoughtful um, politics back. Thanks. That's Darcy from Ward 1. Um, so Darcy, maybe as a first question, as you look at Ward 1, 
What do you identify to be the most pressing need in Ward 1 that you as a newly elected councillor, if so chosen, would want to address? I get this question, Joe, at the door constantly, and the answer really actually is that there there isn't one. Um, Ward 1's large, and it really depends on the neighborhood. So I've been learning all about all the very, the very neighborhood level concerns. Um, there's crime prevention people are concerned about, traffic calming, more lighting, um, homelessness. They're concerned about the downtown. They're concerned about the healthcare system. There's a whole array of issues that got mentioned to me, and there isn't one that's, I would say, every single person tells me, other than um, how are you going to do all of that with with the resources that we have. So that's, I think, the main issue is in the details of how we better prioritize and use the resources that we have at City Hall in order to do all the things that people think are really important. Okay, for a second question, um, very similar to, I think, a lot of the issues here in the West End, Ward 2, you have some similar interests in terms of absentee landlords, um, especially with St. Clair College out there and of course the University of Windsor here. Um, and not all of them are bad, but some of them are not good corporate citizens, are they? And so what we're gonna ask you is for those who don't care if the grass gets cut, if the snow gets shoveled, or if the buildings fall into disrepair, what do you think you as a counselor and the council needs to do to better address um, the plight they leave behind. So I have two minutes. Uh-oh, okay. I have done a ton of research actually on this topic um, when it comes to rental housing, specifically related to students, especially when I ran in the 2018 election, this came up a lot around the college. The fact that there were houses that you know, neighbors felt were totally unsafe and just packed, filled with students. Um, they were concerned about their safety. They're also concerned about just general property maintenance and the fact that the landlords are absentee and things aren't getting taken care of. I do like the rental housing licensing regime, the pilot project that's come into effect or is coming into effect. Um, what we have to, I think, be mindful of is that it's a pilot and it can't stay a pilot in those two wards. So within a certain number of years, it'll have to come back to council and the option will be make it a citywide rental housing licensing or it will have to be terminated. So I think it's important that if people want that to stay around, it will have to become a citywide and they'll have to um, think hard about who, like what decision the candidate or the counselor at the time will make as far as that goes. But I do think there's more we can do with the town and gown com committee um, in bringing students, the college, the residents, the neighborhoods together um, to really focus on those issues in terms of education, uh, working together to make sure um, that students understand their rights, but also their responsibilities as neighbors. Okay, and this will be the last of my three questions before we open it up uh, to the public. Um, do you see yourself as one who plays well with others? In other words, your primary uh, focus is obviously going to be your ward, your constituents, and their needs. But there is another nine wards in the city, some of which are your neighboring wards. Do you see yourself as one who would collaborate with your neighboring wards, maybe work together collectively on issues of common cause? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I'm a really good relationship builder. I'm reasonable. Um, I'm, I'm outspoken, though, and I'm not afraid to say when I disagree with someone, but I think I do it in a way um, that we can still work together. Uh, and I'm someone that I... I almost never answer a question unless I've really thought about it or done the research to know what it is I'm talking about and why I have the opinion I have. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I don't speak off the cuff about things I don't know anything about, and I think that's pretty important. Thank you, Darcy. Those are uh, very helpful questions and answers. Um, so we're going to open it up to the public, the people sitting out here. Um, please raise your hand if you have a question for our word one counselor, Darcy. Um, we have a microphone right here, sir, if you could kind of come with the black mask. Okay, well, yep, you're closest, I guess. Come forward. Please identify who you are and ask Darcy your question. My name is Malcolm Campbell, and for eight years I lived on, in Sandwich, I lived on Indian Road. And then I married a Riverside girl, so you know where I live now in Ward 6. But in Ward 6, and the rest of the community, we need lots of bike paths. And uh, my part of town, there's no bike path near me. And it's really disappointing to get to, get to the Gaccio Trail. I've got a long way of circuitous route. And to get downtown, it's this side of impossible on a bike path. Have to drive, ride down Wyandotte or Riverside Drive, which is not very inviting. So, looking for bike path solutions and way to create more bike paths, not just from my place in Riverside, but around town. The city community needs lots of bike paths. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the question. Um, yeah, I, I can appreciate what you're talking about. So, I live on Avondale near Dougal and Cabana. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. And um, I think there are a lot of issues with being able just to travel safely on our streets. Um, there's no lighting. There's no sidewalks. In the winter, it's just treacherous uh, getting around our neighborhoods because sometimes the roads are icy. It's pitch black. Um, so it's tough. Never mind on a bike. I'd love for my kids to be able to ride their bikes safely around our neighborhoods. And I don't have faith that they're safe doing that unless they're on a designated path. So I would love to see more of those. Um, you know, I don't know about on our specific streets if that would be possible on the side streets that I live on, but for sure I'd like to see more because I even want to take them to the fireworks, for example, and take our bikes. And there's no way I'd feel safe doing that with my children. So that's, you know, one of the things I'd be looking at when we're talking about that act of transportation is frankly people like me or retired people that live in my neighborhood and how what would make them feel safe to do those things, right? And our next, please identify who you are, and are you from Ward 1? Uh, no, ward I'm 6, sure. rather? Uh, ward 6? Um, ward 1, that's who you are. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, Joe. No, I'll take questions from for, anyone. Uh, many years I grew up in Ward 1, went to school in Ward 1, so on, so on, so on. I'm ward th currently Ward 3 right now. Um, I had uh, several questions, so I'll just kind of fire them off. Uh, um, the aspect of uh, the Ojibwe uh, National Urban Park, uh, 
Fred uh, currently hasn't done too much towards that, and he had a promise of looking into uh, an animal underpass or, or a road overpass over Matchett Road, and that never happened. I mean, something did go before council, but nothing happened with it. In, in fact, um, it's my understanding uh, from another councillor that uh, I think it was uh, parolee uh, developments had something on uh, match at somewhere development and, and they promised to do a, a narrow one uh, and uh, that never happened and the city's in some sort of conflict with it now but we don't get any answers about it. Um, it's interesting that, you know, another councillor is supposed to be looking into it rather than the current ward councillor. Um, the aspect of... Uh, yeah, can we get the question, please? Yeah, that, okay. was, that was a question. Uh, what's happening with it? Uh, what okay. you propose to do with it? Uh, um, the aspect of uh, green infrastructure, like we, we, we see like uh, Cabana Road widened and so forth, and yes, there's some bike trails in one little section and it has the, the knockdown uh, dividers and stuff like that, but uh, there's no real green infrastructure there. Uh, you know, like there's not even any new trees or anything like that, let alone... A lot of people don't even understand what green infrastructure is, but most people should by now. Um, so those uh, questions, and the Grand Maris uh, drain uh, came before council uh, 12 years ago. Uh, you know, it was a Windsor engineering firm that did a nice design for it, had tons of public meetings, and Fred in his first term uh, tried to raise that as an issue, even though he never actually attended any meetings, which I attended everyone. Um, and, and yet nothing ever happened with it. In fact, I'm not sure he's even on side with it anymore. So uh, perhaps if we could uh, address uh, some of those. Okay, thank you. Oh, and, okay. and ward funds. How would you propose okay. to use ward funds? I think three questions, okay. three questions is good go. enough for her. There's others that okay. are waiting there. Three questions. So we got two, one minute or two minutes. Okay, so really quick. Ward funds. I'll talk about those actually um, first. So during the 2018 election, I proposed... Um, uh, a process called, um, oh gosh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but it was a way to actually have people in the ward um, have a say in how ward funds are used, um, to have people propose the use, what they would use ward funds for, and of course they can only be used for infrastructure projects, right, so it can't be an operating budget, but to have people actually propose that and then somehow vote. Um, so I still love that idea, frankly. I don't like the idea of one person just coming up with what to do with ward funds. I think we need a lot more community input. When it comes to Ojibwe and the underpass, I'll be honest, I don't know enough about that to give you an answer. I don't know the status of it, um, but I appreciate that question, and it's something I promise you I will go home and research. Um, if you know me, you know that's true. So um, the Grand Maris drain, uh, that's a good, you know, I've been canvassing a lot of people on the Grand Maris drain, and they're all pretty happy that it's at least still a still a drain. So, <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, yeah, you're looking at me. You don't remember. There was a proposal to cover it over at some point and turn it into a park. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's what they've told me at the door is that they're happy it's still there because they've seen the water rise, right, in it, and they're glad that it's still a drain where it is. But anyway, um, again, though, on that specific project, I'll have to take it back because I don't know enough about it. I don't know the status of it, but I appreciate you bringing it up. Oh. Yes. Okay. Um, 
your last question was about green infrastructure, right? Um, and I can tell you, I can only give you sort of what my point of view is, and that's sort of as my as my job, meant the public health standpoint, where I've been working for the past 10 years, and the real importance of that. Even the importance of shade, like you're talking about trees, those things are really important to the public's health, and healthcare and the health of the community is something I'm really passionate about. Um, so I think, uh, we have to keep that kind of stuff in mind in order to keep our, our community healthy. And it saves us money if people are healthier and we prevent illness, which I think having these, this infrastructure to keep people active um, outdoors does do. So I think it's really important. And I can just tell you that's my pers that, that would be the, the angle and the way I would look at things. Okay, very good. Thank you. Um, I think we're going to take two more questions, but the question has to be succinct. Okay, and one question. Renny, Please identify yourself. Yeah, Renny Jacques. Um, let's assume that you've won the election and the issue of 80 Knox Pool comes up again and you have the deciding vote. How would you vote? So this, sorry, this is something I've, I've thought a lot about. Um, and I can tell you how I would have approached it because I've read the council minutes on it and the city report on it. And one of the things I think we failed to consider when we were talking about um, the, the pool is why do we have these types of community services? What's the goal of those services, right? For me, again, from this public health standpoint, having community pools isn't just about giving people a place to swim or to get physical activity, to get exercise, right? My community pool in Central Park, for example, is a place for my family and other families in the neighborhood to gather, to socialize, to, to have that community feel. And that kind of benefit from community services is really important, especially for seniors. So I think that's one thing about community pools and in this instance that really wasn't, the that, that value, although it's hard to quantify it or put a number on it, it's really important, something important to consider. Even when you're trying to save money and do something else, you have to look at that value that's being lost. I. If it were to come up again, I'd have to look at the council report. I would have to consider everything that's in it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, I believe there's one last person. Yes, uh, there she is. Okay. Hi, I'm Doris. Can you move the mic down, please? No, just the top part. There you go. I'm Doris Banco, and I live in Ward 5, but I'm interested. Um, Something of concern, not just to Ward 1 or to Ward 5, but citywide, is the apathy of the electorate. Uh, we've had, the last election, there was about 35, 37% of eligible voters out to vote. I would like you to maybe comment on what makes this, how come it's like this, and do you have any thoughts on how to improve it. Thank you. Um, so you're right. I actually came here straight from knocking on doors in a neighborhood. And one of the last people I spoke to 
told me he wasn't voting. Um, he just wasn't going to vote anymore. He didn't think it made a difference. Um, and he was just sort of done with it and didn't think that politicians, you know, were any different than each other. And so I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it, though, is the divisiveness of politics now. We, we have really dug in on different sides of issues, I think, in politics. And frankly, that I think politicians have used those divisions to their own advantage um, often. And it's people are really just sick of it, but they don't think there's anything they can do about it. One of the things I'm trying to do about it is going door to door, like talking to people, having real human interaction with them, and just being, I, I know you, people hate hearing the word honesty coming from a politician or a political candidate, but I'm trying when I'm at the door to have real conversations and just be honest with them and connect with them on a human level in the hopes that, that you know, having the person actually come to their door and talk to them and listen to them. You know, my campaign manager, Sonia's here. She says, I spend way too much time at people's doors because I want to hear their stories um, and I like talking to them. I hope in Ward 1, at least, that's going to make a bit of a difference. Thank you very much, Darcy. Thanks, Joe. We're now going to allow Darcy um, two minutes to give a final summation to kind of tell us why you should be elected in your ward. Well, I just, I want to thank all of you for coming. This is great, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I like being put on the spot. It helps me think, so it's great. Um, I just really appreciate the invitation, and thanks to Linda for inviting me and getting this all together. Yes, Joe, and thank you, too. Full disclosure, Joe actually married me and my husband, but I don't think that he's giving me any favoritism because of that. Um, so just in sum, I'll say that I have knocked on just thousands of doors so far during this election, and I love it. Um, and I really, I plan to knock on every single one of them. I'm almost there. And, you know, if, if I was the counselor in Ward 1, I would work just as hard for those four years after that as well. So thanks again for having me. So a big round of applause for the Ward 1 counselor elect or candidate. Uh, that would be Darcy Renault.